Sunlight came off a windshield. Brad turned the handlebars, and before the car, his bike carried along. The driver, motionlessly rocking, activated his horn. He called a curse. Brad reckoned neither. He opened the door of the corner shop. Is Jimmy in here? He asked. The man behind the counter fixed him over rims. Good morning, he said. Do you say good morning? Brad nodded. Prove it, the man said. Good morning. Good morning! How are you? Fine. Now, what did you need? Is Jimmy here, do you know? Is he the boy I see you with? Yes, Brad said. He's not in the store, the man said. He lifted himself and moved around a counter. He looked, looked at Brad. Do you have a penny? He asked. No. Not going shopping, I see. He lowered himself before a tray of sweets before the counter and plucked two. He approached Brad with the plastic droplets bright, and Brad took them. Thank you, he said. I want you to tell your parents something, the man said. Say that Gregory Feldman is glad they're here. He welcomes them to the neighborhood. I'm happy you're here. Are you playing with your friend today? Brad nodded. Will you remember to tell your parents? Yes. He came into the bright, the sunful coldness. He sat on the curb near his bike. His shoes, he examined. The hush of invasion turned his head. He punched the approaching tire left and said, Nope. You want to go to the point? Sure. They pedaled to the edge of the water. They pedaled to the edge of the water. Curbs and bumps in the road were ramps, stretches, tracks for speed. Neighborhoods where attitudes could be seen dodged larger groups, older and bigger groups. Let's go north, Jimmy said. And where? 47th. You want to? Sure. They went neither north nor south. On the complication of a school, halls and walls, they spent time. And on a road, turned west, away from where they had been going. And where they were was covered as comforting, as soon the barriers of where they'd been would be unfamiliars, and soon the unknown would be the barrier, but then the familiar areas. They capitalized, they coveted, because soon they stopped. The ends of their known experience, then, anticipated as they were as ends, made of their known experience ends. Because this road they rode on their bikes had never carried the quality of haven it had then, having what it never had before, the boys had already gone exploring. At the absolute limit, then, of what they had known, the area where the road went into infinity, the obscurity of the unknown, of unrecovered, made already into areas they knew they had recovered was less of a shock than it might have been. Up a length of buildings they looked. Their road, the barrier of their road, went west. If the road went left, was their discussion, it would run into the rail that ran, for their view, parallel to the road. But the rail ran north, they knew, all the way to the center of the city and all along a freeway that ran all along the lake. So, completely, if the rail and the freeway met, squeezing all the neighborhood out from between them, and if this neighborhood came not to want them, they looked, possibly, on the one way to escape.
What happened when precautions looked on events that never took place? Did they lie in the pair as a bond, shared imagination? Did they form for each character? Beginning from that final road, then, they looped and pedaled to the north. Yellow seemed to be the dominant color of the area, and a lack of buildings on the east brought the sun down hard then. This duplicate brightness gave them the sense of riding along the outer peel of the lemon, the lemon with the rot in the center. This rot suggested by the rail with which they were familiar, which remained in their minds as the definition of the area, until release from the area circumventing the railway barrier could be assured, and rotten, this definition, this center of lemon, simply because of the purple and dank timbers that established the truth of the rail. Nothing on their right turned their attention to the west, where it always was anyway. The right, the east, was, with the development of the journey north, put aside as interesting for the moment, as other considerations, the appearance of boys who did not know them, who were therefore enemies, considerate evaluation of all they saw, the accurate assessment of the character of the area, and, of course, their boy-like talk, remanded the importance of the surf, of the park trees, of the peoples there playing, talking, who they knew, who they did not know, who they met under a truce from the violence and convulsions of the city, of the urban. Gold resembling this experience, the boys deferred. They looked through the wall, the wall of yellow buildings they rode upon. The buildings built their experience, building by building. Between them, between the buildings, they caught experience, and the caught experience glowed. Other buildings, mostly, but rose to history, rows of history they had and could not lose. And, again and again, the people of this neighborhood made themselves known. They moved behind windows, conducted conversations Brad and Jimmy could put words to, could swirl their wheels in the road and hear the conclusion of an idea of, of, could collect in their minds as having a thing happen, and that they moved from the way a car moved. The man behind the wheel stared down the road, back down the way they came. Stared he at that intersection in anger for allowing them? thought the man of ways to convict them, ways that would come into being after his disappearance? Would they see him again? His car brake lights flashed, and he turned right, west, along the road that had been a border, that was now an unfamiliar, vacant street they rode on the new border, plunging upward into untracked north. Another woman insisted to a child, the child resisting. Their melody, their vocal melody, played out wordlessly but tunefully, sure. The low bass of the father played. They rode north. The road crooked left, ominously, truly. The freeway along the lake obviously ran to the west, barely. The freeway ran along the coast. They could see the coastline tending to the west, to the left. And they, the two of them, could see the unaccompanied two boys, could. The center of the city, the nexus, the node, off which their own several lives determining, 
played as well as they could bass, tenor, soprano, voices a million, five million, a million, milling millful mills, undesisting, doing everything and undesisting. And did the boys go, went Brad and Jimmy. Jimmy and Brad sang or rested, as the group would have them, and abs not sang and rested, and Brad and Jimmy, Jimmy and Brad sang. That, Brad said, is going to run with the tracks. Unless the tracks go along the same direction, Jimmy said. What do you mean? They could go north-northwest also? They could, Brad agreed, but they don't. Question is, is there a way under the tracks other than the one we just left on 51st Street? My guess is there is, Jimmy said. Why? Assuming that this road runs into the tracks, which it might not do, but assuming it does, they would make a pass under the tracks at that point. Because this neighborhood is too big. Because there are too many people to be trapped along this way without a convenient way to get around the tracks. Precisely, Jimmy said. Well, let's go then, Brad said, going. North, northwest, the houses faced east, northeast, long. West, southwest was where the houses stood was where the vista over the lawn faced, was where, were someone to face the houses, someone would be looking, were someone to want to, were someone instead not to want to, were someone instead indeed to not want to ever, were they not to care about the life on the left, that is the west, that is the west-southwest now, were they only to remember the directions as parenthetical, were they only to care about the direct, the forward. Someone would face north-northwest with the lawn to the side and houses to the other, and the cries of life and foreign children facing away and falling away as the houses, progressing forward, fell, and the lawn forward fell, both, indeed, into trees. Both house row and great long undeveloped field of grass came to the edge before the city astounding thicket and stopped like they were in Georgia or something. Did the boys care? Have you been paying attention? These are vigorous boys. No heroes as we'll be able to see, but certainly vigorous, and vigor has nothing to do with heroism anyway. I am partial to the soft-spoken, quiet, enduring sufferer. Yes, vigorous. Into this amazing thicket they went, unamazed. Have you been paying attention? Tell me how they went. You know the situation. You can practically touch this pair. Brad is black. His parents are the descendants of African slaves. Jimmy is white. Now you see them. Tell me how they went. They are standing on the edge of a wood. They are on bikes at the edge of a wood. For one thing, this is not Hans Christian Andersen. A sense as simple as they are standing on the edge of a wood is going to get you nowhere. The story will take a thousand pages to tell and nobody's going to read a thousand pages of that. You are either long and tedious, bad both, or short and compelling. Bittersweet both. Also, Woods do not exist in cities. The pair lean on a leg with their rumps on bike seats and another foot on a pedal unmoving because of the breaking significance of the leg on the ground upon a road along which trees collected enough to block sight have come to pass, and are remarkable in their contrast to the simple urban scenes preceding them, house and undeveloped lawn, not remarkable, the trees, for wilderness including wilderness of the kind commonly associated with the State of the Union of Georgia. The land they saw through the trees on the left lifted to a look that gave them a suspicion. 
a suspicion that the tracks might, rather, rather than away from the road, rather than away from the road, the tracks might run toward, run toward the road, the inevitable grouping. This, a fact they had not reckoned on. Let's make sure, Jimmy said. Declining their bikes to the cold, dusky ground of winter, the pair knew their prayer was hopeless. The lift before them had twinned atop at twin train tracks, twinned with despair. Why despair? Why matter this discovery? Because what else hadn't they counted on? Right! And with a rhythm, too! What else? Had the train tracks not scurried, Jimmy, or disavowed, Brad, but collided, but ran right up, yes, gathered speed and collided? What else? What? Hadn't the pair counted on? They stood on the berm, twin twins of twins, twin for these unborn twins. What? What else? What else was there? What would they miss? How would they be? Why, if, can't say, no, ever, please beg. Boys, you've got a pair of lives to lead, and they're full of pain and hate. Stifling the ingenuity and enterprise you've shown here, impress us all with yes, yes, stifling the anger, rage, grief of life. Time, the seconds and air patterns and light waves you move through will suffocate, cut off, strangle, choke, deny, bail, lick you. Dang it, Jimmy said. They had to cross eventually, Brad said. Point is still whether or not there's a road up there that runs under. I said I thought there was because this neighborhood was too big not to have one, Jimmy said. This neighborhood just got smaller. The change in size, the problem. The solution, the change in kind. The change from the urbanity which would hold the concentrated enmity of the worst-case scenario for which the boys prepared to. Lemon alive. Green, so to speak. The flavor, the color of these leaves and trees. Purple being the color true of these dank and rotted timbers from which they then turned. Jimmy had declared the release point viable on the basis of the neighborhood's size. With this size diminished, the viability of the release point was. With the viability diminished, their sense of danger increased. The kicker is, their sense of danger was decreased by the very neighborhood that had, by decreasing in size, increased their sense of danger. This decrease in their sense of danger was accomplished by the quality in the change of the neighborhood. The threat that caused their sense of danger was contained in the people their age who inhabited this neighborhood. As the neighborhood contained less and less people, their threat grew less and less. In addition, the dominant color of the neighborhood was earlier compared to a citrus product, a lemon, a yellow. In the face of all these changes, and the understanding of the bitterness their life held for the pair, this association to citrus fruit remained. They turned away from the rail and went down to where they had declined their bikes. That was well done. That is appreciated. Is that? That's great. They went down that hill. That! That they picked up their bikes is a fact. That way they went. Which way? North-northwest. Well, the way winds now. What? Has the rail not been proven to tend toward the lake? The lake to the east. Indeed! In need, then, the road, running along the tracks, meeting the tracks on a north-northwest track, will take the combined transit system due north, if not even slightly to the east. Well, which was it? Due north. The road curved gently upon the tracks to due north. They traveled through the trees then, the bank, the left, the trees, above them, left, right, the right, beside them, 
trees. Astounding these trees, because you expect the ugliness and noise of a train track to be hidden in some fashion, the physical necessity of separating the busy track on a berm notwithstanding, the opportunity the necessity gives to erect trees, happy trees, on its steps. You expect, then, if you are annoyingly expectful, you expect that the tracks will be hidden by trees, but the plain? To the right? Are we in Georgia? Do we eat cornbread with honey? There! You've carried it too far. You've carried the Georgia thing too far. The analogy, once if ever good, repeated to the point of meaninglessness, impunges you, sir, as nothing more indeed than your own meaning. I won't listen a minute longer. You'll listen if I tell you to listen. I say I won't. What will you hear, then? The boys stood on the edge of the wood, when not a word of that is true except boys. I'll make my mistakes. It's better than hearing you repeat yourself. That Georgia was earned. It most specifically was not. Regardless, my unearned speech is miles farther than your best specifically. There are more specifically's left to be said. You noticed that specifically. Of course I did. I'm not unjust. Twas the finest thing you've said. I don't know. I don't know about you. I know. I, I, I. You have an eye. Every time you repeat your inane analogy, another eye drops in the bucket eye. Be gone. What? Away. Depark. Forego and I don't care for what. What? Leave. Why? Because. Why? Because leave. Because leave. Because. Because.